Chapter 37 of Gunsight Pass How Oil Came to the Cattle Country and Brought a New West by William McLeod Rain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Shorty Asks a Question When Shorty separated from Doble in Frio Canyon, he rode inconspicuously to a tendahon where he could be snugly hidden from the public gaze and yet meet a few pals whom he could trust, at least as long as he could keep his eyes on them his intention was to have a good time in the only way he knew how another purpose was coupled with this he was not going to drink enough to interfere with reasonable caution shorty's dissipated pleasures were interfered with shortly after midnight a mexican came into the drinking place with news the world was on fire at least that part of it which interested the cattlemen of the Malapi district the blaze had started back of Bear Canyon and had been swept by the wind across to cattle in San Jacinto. The oil field adjacent had been licked up, and every reservoir and sump was in flames. The whole range would probably be wiped out before the fire spent itself for lack of fuel. Crawford had posted a rider to town calling for more manpower to build trails and wield flails. This was the sum of the news. It was not strictly accurate but it served to rouse shorty at once he rose and touched the mexican on the arm where'd you say that fire started pedro bear canyon senor and it crossed san jacinto like wildfire the slim vaquero made a gesture all-inclusive it runs senor like a frightened jackrabbit nothing will stop it nothing it is sent by heaven for a punishment hm shorty grunted the rustler fell into a somber silence. He drank no more. The dark-lashed eyes of the Mexican girl slanted his way in vain. He stared sullenly at the table in front of him. A problem had pushed itself into his consciousness, one he could not brush aside or ignore. If the fire had started back of Bear Canyon, what agency had set it going? He and Doble had camped last night at that very spot. If there had been a fire there during the night, he must have known it. Then when had the fire started, and how? They had seen the faint smoke of it as they rode away, the filmy smoke of a young fire not yet under much headway. Was it reasonable to suppose that someone else had been camping close to them? This was possible, but not likely, for they would probably have seen signs of the other evening campfire eliminating this possibility there remained doug doble had doug fired the brush while his companion was saddling for the start the more shorty considered this possibility the greater force it acquired in his mind doug's hatred of crawford hart and especially sanders would be satiated in part at least if he could wipe their oil bonanza from the map the wind had been right doble was no fool he knew that if the fire ran wild in the chaparral only a miracle could save the jackpot reservoirs and plant from destruction other evidence accumulated cryptic remarks of doble made during the day his anxiety to see steelman immediately a certain manner of ill-repressed triumph whenever he mentioned sanders or crawford these bolstered shorty's growing opinion that the man had deliberately fired the chaparral from a spirit of revenge shorty was an outlaw and a bad man he had killed and might at any time kill again to save the jackpot from destruction he would not have made a turn of the hand 
but Shorty was a cattleman. He had been brought up in the saddle and had known the whine of the lariat and the dust of the drag drive all his days. Every man has his code. Three things stood out in that of Shorty. He was loyal to the hand that paid him, he stood by his pals, and he believed in, and after his own fashion, loved cattle, and the life of which they were the central fact. To destroy the range-feed wantonly was a crime so nefarious that he could not believe Doble guilty of it. And yet, he could not let the matter lie in doubt. He left the tenderhorn and rode to Steelman's house. Before entering, he examined carefully both of his long-barreled forty-fives. He made sure that the six-shooters were in perfect order and that they rested free in the holsters. That six cents acquired by bad men, by means of which they sniffed danger when it is close, was telling him that smoke would rise before he left the house. He stepped to the porch and knocked. There came a moment's silence, a low-pitched murmur of whispering voices carried through an open window, the shuffling of feet. The door was opened by Brad Steelman. He was alone in the room. "'Where's Doug?' asked Shorty bluntly. "'Why, Doug? Why—' He's here, Shorty. Didn't know it was you. Loud it might be someone else. So he stepped into another room. The short cowpuncher walked in and closed the door behind him. He stood with his back to it, facing the other door of the room. Did you hire Doug to fire the chaparral? He asked, his voice ominously quiet. A flicker of fear shot to the eyes of the oil promoter. He recognized signs of peril, and his heart was drenched with an icy chill. Shorty was going to turn on him, had become a menace. "'I—I I don't know what you mean,' he quavered. "'I'll call Doug if you want to see him.' He began to shuffle toward the inner room. "'Hold your horses, Brad. I ask you a question.' The cold eyes of the gunman bored into those of the other man. "'How come you to hire Doug to burn the range?' "'You know I wouldn't do that,' the older man whined. "'I got sheep, ain't I?' Wouldn't be reasonable I'd destroy their feed. No, you got a wrong notion about. Your sheep ain't on the south slope range. Shorty's mind had moved forward one notch towards certainty. Steelman's manner was that of a man dodging the issue. It carried no conviction of innocence. How much you paying them? The door of the inner room opened. Doug Doble's big frame filled the entrance. The eyes of the two gunmen searched each other. Those of Doble asked a question. Had it come to a showdown? Steelman sidled over to the desk where he worked and sat down in front of it. His right hand dropped into an open drawer, apparently carelessly and without intent. Shorty knew at once that Doble had been drinking heavily. The man was morose and sullen. His color was high. Plainly he was primed for a killing if trouble came. "'Looking for me, Shorty?' he asked. You fired Bear Canyon, charged the cowpuncher. So? When I went to saddle, Doble's eyes narrowed. You aiming to run my business, Shorty? Neither man lifted his gaze from the other. Each knew that the test had come once more. They were both men who had gone bad, in the current phrase of the community. Both had killed, both searched now for an advantage in that steady duel of the eyes. Neither had any fear. The emotions that dominated were cold rage and caution. Every sense and nerve in each focalized to one purpose, to kill without being killed. 
when yours is mine doug is this yours sure is i've stood for a heap from you i've let your ugly temper ride me when you killed tim harrigan you got me in bad not the first time either but i'm damned if i'll ride with a coyote low down enough to burn the range no no from the desk came the sharp angry bark of a revolver shorty felt his hat lift as a bullet tore through the rim his eyes swept to steelman who had been a negligible factor in his calculations the man fired again and blew out the light in the darkness shorty swept out both guns and fired his first two shots were directed toward the man behind the desk the next two at the spot where doble had been standing another gun was booming in the room perhaps two yellow fire flashes ripped the blackness shorty whipped open the door at his back slid through it and kicked it shut with his foot as he leaped from the porch at the same moment he thought he heard a groan swiftly he ran to the cottonwood where he had left his horse tied he jerked loose the knot swung to the saddle and galloped out of town the drumming of hoofs came down the wind to a young fellow returning from a late call on his sweetheart he wondered who was in such a hurry End of chapter 37